Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Good morning. Oh man, it's so good to see you all. You guys are amazing. Thanks, Janine. You're amazing. Let's give Janine a, a clap. She's awesome. Can I just say, thank you so much for bringing your expectancy this morning. During worship, I could just feel electric expectancy in the atmosphere. So thank you so much for coming ready to worship, expectant for God to move in your heart. It just makes it so much better when there's people pressing into God. And I know that people are pressing into God during the week because you bring that expectancy and that presence of God with you. And I'm so grateful for that. That is so precious. You guys are amazing. Just just turn to the person next to you and say, you're amazing. And then you can take your seat. I just want to start by by reading a couple of quotes for you guys. I'm going to read some quotes. I know there's a few new marrieds in the room or people getting prepared to be married. So my first quote is a marriage tip, okay? You're listening, Kylie and William over there? Yeah, good. Uh, When your wife is mowing the lawn... That's not the best time to ask when dinner will be ready, okay? That's my marriage tip for today, all right? (laughs) Look out. (laughs) My second, second tip is a bit of a health tip because I'm big on being healthy. Uh, By replacing your morning coffee with green tea you can lose up to 87% of what little joy you still have in your life. (laughs) Yay to all the coffee drinkers. If you've ever tasted green tea, you'll agree with me. (laughs) I know it's good for you, but oh my goodness. (laughs) This one's a question. How many times... Do I have to click on I accept cookies before they send you the cookies? I don't know. (laughs) Accept all the cookies. I've hit it several times. I still haven't got any cookies. (laughs) Ah, My last, last quote for the morning. You know how sometimes you meet someone and you know from the very first moment that you want to spend your whole life without them. (laughs) Uh, I know, it's just too funny. (laughs) You thought that was going to be a romantic quote, didn't you? Stephen and I watched a romantic movie last night, didn't we, honey? 
We watched the new Jane Austen on Netflix. It's called Persuasion. Just a, a, little, a little tip. It's a really beautiful movie. It's really beautiful. And it's PG. I can recommend it without too many reservations. All right. Isn't it good that the Holy Spirit doesn't leave the room when we laugh? Don't you love it that God has a sense of humour? I love it too. On, on Thursday night when we were here worshipping, it's beautiful because every worship night is different. You just never know what the Holy Spirit has in his heart to say or to do among us when we come together and worship. And I just love that because it's that expectancy again. What's God going to do? Um, there was this theme that came out and it wasn't anything that we orchestrated. It was just what happened. It was just what the Holy Spirit wanted to say. And it was, it was the breath of God. Because we were singing this song, it's your breath in my lungs. And so I'll pour out my praise. And then it just kept going along that line of God's breathing on us. It's his breath on us. And it didn't leave me. It didn't leave me for the rest of the week. It was just this um, sense that God is breathing on us freshly. And I woke up in the middle of the night. I don't know, I think it was Friday night, Friday night. And I was saying, Holy Spirit, show me what I need to say to your amazing church on Sunday. Your amazing people. And I, and I just got these two words, breathe again. I just got breathe again. And so that's what we're speaking about today. I started looking into, I started researching the breath of God in Scripture. And, and what I found, I found something new that I'd never seen before and I want to share it with you. Yeah, you, are you ready to hear? <laughs> You might, you might hear it and go, yeah, I saw that 10 years ago. That's okay. <laughs> We're going to see it again together. Um, you know how Stephen made the comment last week about how we have an attention span shorter than a goldfish? <laughs> Does anybody want to rail against that like I do? <laughs> he doesn't remember saying that. <laughs> but um, I, I don't believe that. I think... I think we are a lot smarter and a lot more focused than that. I believe that we, we are able to tune into the Holy Spirit and receive this morning. But, but if, you find, if you find you get distracted, I find it really helpful to take notes. To be honest with you, I hardly ever look back at my notes. I'm being completely honest. But when I'm hearing and I'm writing, I remember it better. Because it goes in my ear gate and then I have to repeat what was said onto the page and then I'm visually looking at what was said as I write it on the page. So I'm actually hearing it, seeing it, remembering it a lot better than if I just hear it. Um, so that's just my tip to you. If you want to be able to absorb better, it helps me to take notes. So there's three very significant times in scripture where God has breathed on his people. 
The first, the first one is in Genesis 2 verse 7 where it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. I, I love that because, thanks Darcy, I gave her really short notice. Thanks Jesse. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Jesse and Darcy have swapped spots. <laughs> uh, I gave him very short notice with my scriptures. Um, I love this because it says the Lord God formed man. Whereas every other living creature on earth, he just spoke into being. Just spoke. <laughs> that is no small thing. <laughs> he just spoke. <laughs> he spoke into being. Every other creature, he said, let there be fish, let there be mammals, let there be birds. And there was, which is amazing. But I love with, with us as human beings, he formed us. He actually got down in the clay, got his hands into the the very stuff that we're made of, the very raw material that he made us from and he formed us with his own two hands. How beautiful is that? Because he, it was always his intention to be, to be so closely in touch with us, to be so close, to be so intimate with us. So he formed us with his very two hands and he breathed into his nostrils, Adam, the breath of life. And man became a living being. So at the moment of conception, every single one of you has had the breath of God breathed into you. And life is something that only comes from God. We can't recreate it. We can't reproduce it. It only comes from God. And he breathed his breath into us. And that word, breath, the Hebrew is neshama. Everyone say neshama. He breathed his neshama into you. And it means vital breath, divine inspiration. Do you know that you're a product of divine inspiration? That God designed you intentionally made you and formed you just the way you are. We should never lose our awe of that. God designed you and made you intentionally just the way you are. It means divine inspiration, intellect. He thoughtfully made us. Intellect, God's intellect. You are a product of his thoughtfulness. You are a product of his thoughtfulness. He thought about how he formed you. Job had this really awesome revelation of our dependence on our creator. I love what he says, what he said in Job 33:4. And Stephen read this on Thursday night. It's the spirit of God the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty sustains me. Or the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The Spirit of God has made me. And the breath of the Almighty sustains me. 
the Neshma of the Almighty sustains me, the vital breath of God. Everyone say, the Neshma of God sustains me. It's your breath in my lungs, so I'll pour out my praise. And then he says in Job 34, 14 to 15, and this is in the New King James Version. I have been looking at the King James Version a bit more since Pastor Tim was here because he was very adamant about that being (laughs) the only translation. But... I've been looking at the New King's James because there's too many these, thous and therefores in the old King James for me. <laughs> That's just me. I, I figure if you read it and you can't understand it, you need a different revelation. <laughs> you, need, you need a different translation because uh, what's the point of reading it if you don't really get it? Read the translation that inspires you, that you understand. But anyway, this is the New King James. If he should set his heart on it, and he, hang on, I've got to look up here because I've got a conglobulation of versions there. If he should set his heart on it, if he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would return to dust. So this is what the NIV says. If it were his intention and he withdrew his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would immediately return to dust. If it was his intention, but thankfully it's not his intention, but if he just decided in this moment to withdraw his breath from the earth and his spirit, we would all be instantly dust, just like that, dead, dead dust if that was his intention but thankfully it's his intention to breathe life into us every morning that we wake up it's your breath in my lungs thank you God for this day I woke up this morning because it's your intention to breathe life into me because you have a purpose for me how good is that And because we carry the vital, life-giving breath of God, we are able to breathe it into others. You know, like if someone loses their breath because they've drowned in a swimming pool, we can then give them CPR and breathe into them and they come back to life because we have the breath of God in us. How amazing is that? that's in a literal sense we can breathe life into others and in so many other ways we breathe life into others so that in Genesis is the breath of creation yes Neshima God's vital breath and then we skip forward about 4,000 years fast forward 4,000 years okay and we find ourselves in John 20 This is cool. I love this. This is in the NIV because I liked it better. John 20, 19 to 22. On the evening of the first day of the week, hang on, I have to look it up in my Bible because... D, 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 John 
20. In the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Moo. (laughs) And they all freaked out and he said, It's okay, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side and said, it's really me, it's okay. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you. And with that, he on them. And with that, he on them. And when, when I looked up this word breathed, the word is, emphysio, which is the only time this word is ever used in the Bible. This one time. When Jesus breathed on them, emphysio is the Greek equivalent of neshuma, and it means vital breath. So Jesus had just been resurrected, yes, and he showed himself to the disciples. He just died, he just raised from the dead, and he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So in Genesis, we see the breath of creation. In John, we see the breath of new creation. Because in that moment, they became new creations in Jesus. Because before that, they were saved by faith, yeah? Because some people say, were the disciples even saved? Because Jesus hadn't died yet for their sins and how could they be saved? But like Abraham, they were saved by grace through faith because they believed. But in that moment when Jesus had risen from the dead and he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit, in that instant they became new creations. Because that was the coming to fruition of what he told Nicodemus back in chapter 3. When Nicodemus said, how can I be born again? And Jesus said, no one enters the kingdom unless he is born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. So you should not be surprised at me saying, you must be born again. So When we're conceived, we get the breath of life. When we are saved, we get the breath of new life. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has come, the old has gone, and the new has come. So in that moment, we're not only born of water, but we're born of the Spirit. In that moment. So that is the second breath. So we have the breath of the Father, a creation, We have the breath of the sun at salvation. How beautiful is that? We used to say, this was a thing back in the 70s and 80s, I'm a born-again Christian. People don't say it so much now, but 
That's where that comes from. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. We're born again a second time into the spirit. We used to sing this song back in the 80s. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things have passed away. I am born again. More than a conqueror. That's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. So, yeah, that was our declaration of our salvation. And, you know, it's a daggy old song, but it never left me. It never left me. I grew up knowing who I was in Christ. My old self is gone. I've been reborn. I'm a new creation. I've been born again. That's who I am. That's who I am. My old life has no power over me anymore. I've been made a new creature in Christ. So that's the second breath. How powerful is that? Has anybody got an inkling about the third breath? The third time that God breathed? On his people. Fast forward around 40 days. Okay, so we had to wait 4,000 years between the first Adam and the second Adam. Now we only had to wait 40 days between the second breath and the third breath. In Acts chapter 2, 1 and 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, Numa, the third person of the Trinity, and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But that mighty rushing wind, right? The wind of the Holy Spirit. I looked up that word wind. The Greek pronounced nare, which is breath of life. Breath of life. So we had the Father that breathes on us at creation. We have Jesus, the Son, that breathes on us when we become a new creation. And we have the Holy Spirit who breathes on us when we become filled with the Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the breath of God. The breath of God. How good, hey? And it's the breath of empowerment, isn't it? There's a bit of hmm, confusion about this because the terms of being filled with the Spirit and being baptised in the Spirit are interchangeable in Scripture. So when Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, be filled with the Spirit, they, they did receive the Holy Spirit in that moment. At the moment of salvation, we received the Holy Spirit. But then at the moment of Baptism in the Holy Spirit. We are baptised in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. So there's a bit of confusion about that, but 
the filling of the Spirit, the baptism in the Spirit is for our empowerment. Because you look at the disciples that were hiding away when Jesus appeared to them for fear of the Jews. After this moment when they become baptised in the Spirit and in power, they then go out and start preaching and teaching and declaring the Word of God. And even when they're persecuted, they don't shrink back because they've received the empowerment, the breath of God through the Holy Spirit that is for boldness, it's for power. So that's what that third breath is. It's to empower us to be witnesses. It's to empower us to operate in the gifts of the Spirit so that we can boldly go out and declare the Word of God and not be afraid. And that's why the Word of God says, be filled with the Spirit, continually be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit continually, continually, because we need that constant infilling so that we can have an overflow. We need to have the overflow so that we can pour it out on others, so that we can breathe on others, so that we can see things happen in the lives of others, yeah? Is anyone excited about that? So God breathes on us. And when, when I heard that phrase, breathe again, I was thinking, is it be, does God want us to breathe again? Because I, that's all I got, those two words, breathe again. I was like, Holy Spirit, what does that mean? Does he want us to breathe again because we've been, all been shut down and masked up and we haven't been re really able to worship like we have been in the past or gather like we've been able to in the past or speak about get out there into the community and talk about the goodness of God like we have been in the past. Is he saying to us that he wants us to breathe again? Yes, probably. But I also feel like he was saying to me that he is going to breathe again. That there's a fresh breath coming. There's a fresh wind coming. There's a fresh move of the Holy Spirit coming. And he is going to breathe again on his sons and daughters, on his church. Does anyone believe that? Does that witness with anyone? He's going to breathe again. He's going to breathe again. And we were at Hillsong a couple of weeks ago and you, I'm hearing this said all over the place. There's going to be a move of the Spirit. There's going to be a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be a fresh reformation in the church. That God's about to do something like we've never seen before. He's going to breathe again. Because Joel says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. So what, what is our breath for? If God is the source of all our breath... If God is the source of our creation, our salvation, our infilling of the Spirit, what is all that breath for that is given us? Is it just so that we can live, exist, get up every morning? What is that breath for? Have you ever thought about that? What do we do with our breath? What do we do with our breath? 
we speak the word of God. We speak the goodness of God. We prophesy the word of God. We prophesy over others, over ourselves. Yeah? We're talking about this at Daughters the other day and I said, we, we have this picture of prophecy in the church like it's something that people with the gift of prophecy get up on the platform, they point someone out and they say, I feel like God has said this, 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 this. But that's not actually what the Word of God says. It says that we, we all prophesy, that we can all ask for the gift of prophecy so that we can speak God's Word over our lives, over our children, over our workplace, over our neighbours, over our circumstances. We can all prophesy. You don't have to be up here to prophesy. Like I said to the girls the other week, you can prophesy in your bedroom, you can prophesy in your kitchen, you can prophesy in your bathroom, you prophesy over anything that you want to speak the Word of God over that needs to change. You speak over it. You speak over it. And there's power in that. That's why God has given us breath. You sing the Word of God. You sing about the goodness of God. You declare through song. You declare. You encourage. We encourage one another with our breath, don't we? We encourage. We pray in the Spirit on all occasions with our breath. We commune with God with our breath. We give thanks to the Lord for He is good with our breath. We testify about what God has done in our lives with our breath. We testify about the goodness of God. We shout to the Lord. We shout to the Lord. Some says, shout to the Lord all the earth. When was the last time you shouted to God and just shouted? shouted and said, God, you're amazing. <laughs> Feels good to shout. You know, sometimes when there's a lot of whispers going on in your head, you just have to go, no, God, you're amazing. Drown out the whispers. Drown out the voice of the enemy. Drown out the, the nattering that's going on your head and say, no, God is good. God is good. God is faithful. His promises are true. He's amazing. Sometimes you just got to get your shout on. Say, no, devil, I'm going to use my breath today. As long as I have breath in my lungs, I'm going to declare the glory and the goodness. what you throw at me. God is stronger. He is true. He is true. He has given me freedom and I won't be contained again. He has set me free. Won't shut up about it. Shout. Use your breath to shout. I'm sorry, I'm getting really loud. 
Use your breath to shout. When was the last time you shouted? It's your breath in my lungs. It's your breath in my lungs. So I'll pour out my praise. That's what I'm going to do with my breath. I'm not going to use it to moan. I'm not going to use it to criticize. I will not use it to complain. I will not use it to tear down. I will not use it to engage in bottom-dwelling conversation. I will use it to glorify God. Psalm 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's why He's given us breath. In a nutshell, that's why He's given us breath. To glorify Him. To honour Him. To lift up His holy name above every other name, above every other circumstance. Breathe again, Lord. I was going to talk about Ezekiel and dry bones, but that'll wait for another day. Breathe again, Lord. We need a fresh wind. Breathe through us. If that's your prayer, stand up now. Breathe through us, Lord. We're going we're gonna to sing fresh wind. And, you know, one of, one of the words, I've completely lost it now, but one of the words is, means to, oh, you know, you know, when God says to Ezekiel, prophesy over the dry bones, that word is naba, which means to speak or sing under divine inspiration. We can sing, we can prophesy in song over our situation. So that's what we're going to do right now. If you've got any situation in your life that needs some God breath on it right now, when, when we sing, let all the redeemed prophesy and sing, I can hear a wind blowing. You start singing that, I can hear a wind blowing in my family. I can hear a wind blowing in my city. I can hear a wind blowing. I can hear a wind blowing. You start to prophesy that. It's not just a song. Assert it. Assert it over your situation. Declare it. Let all the redeemed, that's us, prophesy and sing, we can hear God about to move in our situation. God is about to move in your situation. Declare it, agree with it this morning as we sing. I think my husband wants to say something. Psalm 47 starts off with saying, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God. And... It's interesting that he uses hands and breath in that. And no more important than in this day and age when our hands proclaim things and our voices proclaim things. It doesn't say 
tap your thumbs, all you people. Make statements of opinion. Make statements of anger and rail against things. It says, clap your hands in a unifying sound unto the Lord. Not tap your thumbs in unison with the opinion of others that are around your world. This is a challenge for each one of us because social media can just, it can be a fantastic thing. I've seen social media do so many excellent things 1% of the time. I've seen social media destroy lives, destroy mental health, destroy families, destroy marriages, destroy children, take lives 99% of the time. We are to clap our hands. It is such a difficult thing to do to just go, no, God's in control. God, you are in control. I am yielding my hands to you. But then it says, shout to God. And I actually, what is the, what does it actually say? Somebody might be better at this, remembering this than me. Um, With a voice of triumph. That word triumph is a really interesting word too. Um, It's it's a proclamation. And what um, Chloe said earlier, that when we eat or drink in 1 Corinthians 11, when we eat or drink um, of this, then we are proclaiming the Lord's death. We need to make a proclamation in our life. In our family at the moment, we're proclaiming things. And we're continuing to not not unite with the pattern of this world, but actually allow our appendages and our voice to be something that's in line with God, agreeing with what God has said. When a word comes forth, yes, that is true. Not, oh, I'll have an opinion about that. It's interesting when it says that they were together in one place. On Thursday night, I spoke about this, that one place means they were together with one breath. It wasn't a unified breath. I've heard this statement so many times lately. I know my truth and it will set me free. What a foul deception people have picked up. No, 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 but I know my truth and it will set me free. No, it won't. Any opinion you have, any truth that you've yielded onto that is not the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, which isn't in line with the truth. It will just enslave you. It will imprison you. But to be able to breathe freely, to be able to yield ourselves to God and say, no, I'm going to clap my hands In the midst of the assembly, I am going to raise my voice. And for some of that, that's like, no, no, that's not me. I'm not a demonstrative person at all. That it doesn't say clap your hands, oh, you extroverts. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph, all you extroverts. Yeah. Says an introvert. Down the front, we just had an introvert saying, no, no, shout. Yell. It's not just for extroverts and say, no, 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 that's for people that are just loud. That's okay for you, Kylie, to shout and and do all that sort of stuff. That's not me. No, no, we're in the presence of our God. Let's be of one voice, one breath. 
let's, let's raise our voices here and make a proclamation over our lives of how good our God is. Let's unite our hands. Let's unite our voice. It's amazing that hands are so important in the world of God. In the Word of God, we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We speak words like life and death is in the power of the tongue. They're so profound. The deeper you go into the Word of God, oh my goodness, you're never disappointed. Let all the redeemed come on, all you redeemed. Let's prophesy over our city, over our circumstances, over our families, over our neighbourhoods. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.